Hey, thanks for being with us. The SWP is brought to you by All Insurance Ontario and Jim K. Ford. Do you find shopping around for insurance a time-consuming hassle? I'm Josh from All Insurance Ontario. Send me a text and let me take it from there. You'll be surprised at how easy it can be. 613-860-6008. All Insurance Ontario, your modern boutique broker. Hey, reignite your love for driving with a new Ford from Jim K. Ford. Hit the road in a new 2021 model with your choice of the latest innovations available for new Ford vehicles. These are unconventional times right now, but for your comfort, if you're in the market for a new or pre-owned vehicle, Jim K. Ford will be happy to bring a vehicle right to your home or place of work for a demonstration and test drive. Jim K. Ford in Orleans or JimKFord.com. The SWP Podcast. Sports and whatever. All right, welcome to the show. How are you doing, everybody? That's the only thing we want to know, James. Like, how are they doing? We hope it's good. It's one-way communication, so uh, we'll wait on it. Email us. Tell us how you're doing. It's fine. Thanks for being here. It is time for Glorious Tales of Ottawa Sports and whatever. It's Steve Warren. It is Jim Jimmerman. How are things, James? <laughs> I don't know where that came. You're into that trap of uh, being a broadcaster where there's no audience. They can't respond saying, how are you doing? You know, it's like guys that do that their trap? lives. Well, how, they can't answer. I know, and I made that clear. It's hardly a trap. I just threw it. Well, you do it all the time. You say, how are you doing? How's everyone doing? I don't I've know. never said that. We've got to stand down and wait for emails here before we continue? Maybe we should. Yeah. I'll just stop go. right now, just to spite you. Anyway, I'm doing good. Well, that's good. i got to make some changes to my golf game, i got to say. Well, it's because you're shitty. True. The thing I decided today was uh, I took a lesson from you. I'm going to put start putting X's on my scorecard on a bad hole. I'm going to start picking up. You know, if I if I stick handle out there, I'm just going to pick up the ball and just walk it out to the guy uh, in the middle of the fairway and just keep this thing moving, keep having fun. Don't take it so damn seriously. But I, I remember the day that I stopped the anger thing because I almost died. It was at the Richmond Centennial. I'm playing in my Friday night men's hockey league tournament. We have a golf thing in the summer, and I basically took my club. It was like a three-wood, and I smashed it sort of mid-shaft against a tree, and it was a really Uh-oh. sort of a, sort of a small tree. Yeah. And so I thought, okay, well, that, that's just going to break it or something. But, of course, it bends, and it, the club comes winding back sure. around you, trajectory at my head, and it was just short enough so that it brushed against the tip of my nose instead of taking, well, it could have killed me. So right. I said, you know what, Steve? You need to make some changes to your demeanor on this freaking course. Well, it brings out the worst, man. Golf brings out the worst in guys. Um, Ken. Every every year, Stevie, I think, uh, if I'm not mistaken, there's a death with guys with guys farting around on golf carts. Like, you know, oh, yeah. trying to skid. Rainy days are going down hills. That happens every year. Um, I almost... Uh, this, this this kind of set me off for about 10 minutes. I couldn't breathe after this happened. Uh, so I'm playing golf on a par three. And uh, so I'm over the ball. It's like, a little, you know, whatever, eight iron or something like that. And I hit the shot. Okay, you come through, you hit the shot. And then you would, you know, the, what they call recoil, right? You just hit the shot. And then you, you sort of, sl- you know, your hand sort of slips back with the club, you know. And um, so if you get that image, you know, sure. like it just, you know, you fall back and pick up your tee. And so anyway, I hit the shot and, uh, you know, I don't hit it very well. I pull it or something like that. 
and I, I, you know, immediately recoil and throw the club backwards. I don't throw it. It's in my hand, you know, but just let it sort of go backwards. And, and dude who was next up, Stevie, is steps in behind me before, like he's the second after I made contact. Ooh. Okay. So he's leaning down, Stevie, putting a, his tee in the ground while I am full fork, f- f- fulcrum, full fulcrum, <laughs> whipping the club back. Okay. Ooh. And it's going, it's going line drive into his mouth. Okay. It's going to, it's going to wipe out all his teeth maybe crack his jaw. And at the last nanosecond, the guy whips his hand up in front of his mouth and I end up shattering one of the knuckles in his hand. Wow. Yeah. Hardly a consolation, I guess. Yeah. But, well, yeah, it's but, better than the face. Yeah. But anyway, you got to, you know, it lets you know you fuck around out there on a golf course, right? You got to be, someone's going to get hurt. Uh, yeah. You got to watch the club slamming for sure. Anyway. I got it. I got That's what this teardrop scar is on my face is from backing in, just walking too close to like a, a childhood buddy. I was six years old, a uh, kid named Conrad Hookstra. As he takes his backswing, I walk directly into it. Whack. Oh, right in the orbital oh, bone. And Jesus. just, you, you can't believe how much you bleed there. You oh, just yeah. bleed forever. And how so dangerous that is. Yeah, yeah so the, you know, the whoever's house it was, Glenn Crows, I think it was. Anyway, the, the, the Crow family calls my mom and she arrives and I look like something out of a horror movie <laughs> sure yeah it would look horrible um yeah i saw a guy get hit in the head on the fly right in the right in the top of the head with a golf ball he was in our group Oof. and uh it knocked him out on his feet as they say stevie and and he sort of he sort of glazed over like you hear this unbelievable pop when a ball hits a guy in a in the skull and he's sort of standing there like the the, the buckles only slightly and straightens up and he's looking at me. I'm going, oh, oh my God. Oh my God, man. Are you, are you okay? And he's, he's kind of glazed over. And he goes, yeah, I'm fine. <laughs> okay. He goes, I'm fine. I'm fine. You know what I'm going? How can you be fine? You just took a freaking ball in the head. <laughs> okay. <laughs> On the fly. And he's going, it's fine. It's fine. Stevie, as he starts to take his clothes off. Oh no. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. So he was, he was out of it, you know? And, uh, so anybody else, you know, so he's like, I'm fine, you know, fine. <laughs> he's, he's obviously, he's obviously whacked okay, yeah. from getting whacked. And I, I'm not proud of this thing, Stevie. Okay, what happened next? But so two of the guys are running at him, right? And I'm going, yeah. no, 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 we'll just leave it here. There's another group here. Let's, let's see how far he goes with this, right? <laughs> and the guy's like, no, Jimmy, this might be a little more urgent than letting a guy strip in the middle of the golf course, okay? Yeah. Anyway, he was okay. Good. We, we, but I let him go pretty far there before we threw him in the cart with just his underwear on. <laughs> I got to say, because I got a visual on you right now, because we're doing this online right now. I wish our podcast listeners could see what a bang on impression you do of a guy who's just taking a golf ball in the head. <laughs> yeah, that's it. They're not, not quite cross-eyed. Okay. They're not. They don't go quite like full on, you know, like in a cartoon cross side. They just, they're sort of the one eye droop, Stevie, like that. And, and they're, it's wandering a little bit. Yeah. It's the start of being knocked out on your feet. But oh, anyway, let's funny. be, as they say in Hill Street Blues, Stevie, let's be careful out there. Okay. Yeah. Let's be careful. And I do want to, I also want to say, I'm, I was only messing around before. I had a great day. And uh, thanks to Harold and Sergio, who hosted me at Rito View today. 
Uh, Steve Duckett is the GM there. Great guy. Always so friendly with the media. And so uh, it was great to see him again. And oh my God, the chorus is so different on arrival. They've just totally redone their driving range. Uh, it just looks absolutely majestic as you walk in. It was already one of the best courses in Ottawa. And uh, the changes they've made are just immaculate. And of course, with the COVID thing, as with many courses, Jimmy, I'm sure you've been to some, like the top end courses of the time uh, in the absence of golfers to really make their golf courses shine. And that's certainly true at Rideau View. Same here. They're, they're, uh, they never did shut down. Um, even last summer, even last summer I, pl- I played. Um, but I've, uh, I'm anxious to go at some balls, Steve. I think I told you I got my clubs re-gripped which is the number one thing to do for improvement. Right. Not take a lesson. No, no, we wouldn't do that. Not maybe go hit some balls. No, no. Regrip the clubs, Stevie. Did I tell well, you sure. about how much it cost, Steve? You did. Oh, okay. Too fitty? I just got hit in the head, Steve, with a ball. I'm repeating <laughs> myself. <laughs> Another thing you could try, and I told you this off the air, Ajax. A little warm water and Ajax. Kind right, of, the comet, you feel comet, it? you said, not Ajax. Or comet. comet. It's, it's the same crap. It's the all the same. Powdered cleanser. The, exactly. Yeah. Any powdered right. cleanser will do. And just, you know, take a, a rag and some warm water, some Ajax, and uh, scrub your clubs for a little bit, rinse them, dry them out. And if, I bet you'll find that your grips come back almost as good as new. I love scrubbing my club, Steve. Okay. It, do, it not does a better get, thing to do. Yeah. It does remind you of that sort of same motion while you're doing it <laughs> okay i'm out in the yard doing that and my wife's sort of only seeing me through the garden yeah, like the what, you would, what do you what do you mrs green you learn green so you could hide <laughs> so pierre mcguire's got a new gig he's a member of the ottawa senators how about that yeah whatever what else you got <laughs> no <laughs> No, I like Pierre. Always have. Always have. Of course, we got history. I saw some uh, people hit me up today. Uh, so, some guy saying, I, you know, I forget half the shit we did on the radio, but guy said, I would l- like to see Jimmy just to just to hear him once again call him Pete. Yeah. Uh, was I the only guy who called him Pete? Isn't Pierre sort of another name for Pete? I, I, I never Pierre heard anybody else. Say, uh, yeah. Pedro or Gallardo. Yeah, sure, or some of his, sure, some of his friends did as well. Yeah, we, uh, we certainly have history with Pierre Maguire. Like I did 19 years at TSN 1200. Be a couple of months off in the summer, obviously, but beyond that, every working day, we would call Pierre Maguire at eight in the morning and uh, right. have our morning chats with him. And you were part of that for over a decade. And uh, yeah, I mean, great asset to the Ottawa Senators. Just to reset, uh, the Sens have brought in Pierre Maguire. Um, I don't know, it's, what, what, I forget. It's one of those dumb NHL titles. <laughs> senior director of player operations development, yada, yada, yada. Effectively, right. he's right, the right-hand man now of Pierre Dorian. So you basically got the two Pierres running the show for the Ottawa Senators. And I think you would agree that guy's a savant when it comes to knowledge of hockey players in the game. Well, I, w- I wouldn't predict he would get a gig like that. You know, uh, I, I, I kind of... I know over the years, right, his name was always floated around uh, about doing different jobs for different teams that he wanted to get back in the game. You know, where there's smoke, there's fire when we heard those rumors. Uh, and I believed that um, that Pierre was vocal about it, I think, back back in, you know, over, over all those years when he when he came back on the scene as a broadcaster. Yep, um, you know, he left he left the game under a little bit of controversy. Um, you could you can look that up, you know, and and. 
Uh, it harmed them, I think, for many, many years. Um, don't quote me on this, but 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 I, that's the sense I got. I'm I know a few guys, and I I'd heard some stuff from uh, players why he would might not get picked. Uh, it wasn't a real positive experience in his time in Hartford. No, and and uh, you know they used the term they used the term he got blackballed. You know that that he wouldn't be a you know that that he would never get another gig. There were lots of gigs that came up that I think his name was in there and it just never happened. Right. Um, but the guy, uh, you, you know, the two things here, Stevie, uh, you got to admire his effort, you know, in, in trying to get involved somewhere back in hockey on a management level or coaching level. Uh, I think it's his desire. I think he's always wanted to do that. Uh, he was f- fantastic as a broadcaster. There's no doubt in my mind when you do watch him calling games, he's great. He's great. The whole stint between the benches was a cool thing that started several years ago. But here's the other thing, Stevie, and and taking nothing away from Pierre. um, Over the last 10 or 15 years uh, in in watching hockey, there seemed seemed to be a trend that started, let's call it 15 years ago or 10 years ago. There seemed to be a trend that guys who were getting big positions, okay, on teams who were getting big jobs had no experience. And um, I think back in the days where they were just recycled coaches, you know, uh, they do it in the CFL all the time, right? All those years of, of watching CFL, you know, the Bob Obilovich and uh, uh, who's the other guy who coached Don for Matthews. every Don Matt co- coach for every team, right? Uh, and then uh, they stopped doing that, you know, they stopped doing that and and give guys a shot. You don't have to look very far, you know. I I I didn't like the hiring of the of the coach in Ottawa when it started. You know, I thought he's not, not experienced enough, you know, and, and, but they're doing more and more of that, right? They're giving guys, they're giving guys a break they're, or, or giving guys a chance uh, and not necessarily going back to the well all the time, you know? So uh, for that reason, it doesn't surprise me. Yeah. And I think um, when you talk about the vacancies that Pierre was mentioned in, because it was all happening over the last, I don't know, 15, 20 years as Pierre's broadcast career is taking off. He was never, he was never denying that he still had some interest in maybe if the right job came along, he said that to us many times, right? Right. Then he would right. consider getting back into the game, but NBC's paying a boatload of money, obviously, and it's a great job. And so the right position never quite came along. Maybe he applied and it didn't work out. Maybe he didn't want the gig, but there's no question that there was always Pierre Maguire's mentioned in some of these openings and there were always GM openings. And I think mm-hmm. that's where he wants to be. And so right. if I'm, I know they were asking Pierre Dorian about that today. Uh, Ian Mendez asked him point blank, are you worried that they've just hired your replacement effectively as the GM? And he said, no, no, it's not like that at all. But I can't help but think in the same terms that Ian is. That was the first question that popped into my mind, knowing full well that I think Pierre Maguire's dream job is to be a GM in the NHL. And the reason this is happening right now, because his career is kind of at a crossroads. NBC is just now surrendering the rights to both, what is it, ESPN and TNT. They take over the rights next year. So he's in kind of limbo right now as a broadcaster. I'm sure he would have found something else. I know TSN would have picked up him up in a heartbeat. But at, at this crossroads moment, apparently Eugene Melnick reached out to him back on June 19th. And Pierre Maguire says they talked for several days. And then the last five or six, then the, only then did they bring Pierre Dorian in, which I found interesting. And then Pierre Dorian said today that the conversations that he was involved with go back to May. So 
the timelines are all a little interesting, but I do think if I'm Pierre Dorian today, um, I'm wondering about it because this is a team that has done the coaching thing. They've, they brought in plan B's for coaches. They brought in Dave Cameron, who was Eugene Melnick's junior hockey coach. He handpicked him to be Paul McLean's assistant and Cameron eventually succeeded McLean. And there are two or three other examples just like that. Mark Crawford to Guy Boucher and so on and so forth. And maybe even Jack Capuana right now, because they said, no, Capuana, you can't go to Buffalo to interview for their job. We need you here. I think he's the ready-made successor to DJ Smith if things go sideways. So I'm a little worried if I'm Pierre Dorian today, to be honest. Yeah. Listen, the thing that kind of bugs me is, and again, taking nothing away from Pierre. Okay. The guy's going to get a shot. Which Pierre? And Pierre Maguire. Okay. okay. The, the guy, the guy's going to get a shot and, um, you know, like it or not, uh, Maguire and, and everybody else, he's going to have to prove himself. Okay. He doesn't come as a proven entity. Right. So that can be good and bad, right? Clean slate where we go. No, no, no history. Okay. I, I mean, the history he does have is so far back. I mean, I brought it up earlier, but, but that's done, right? That's no, no one even considers that anymore. So, so the guy gets a shot. Um, you know, the other thing, Stevie is, um, I'm, I'm taking that gig for sure. If I'm Pierre, uh, knowing how vocal I've been about wanting to get back in hockey at that level, um, because I'll get, if I'm successful, uh, and it's going to be hard, right? Because the owner is unpredictable, right? Mm-hmm. So he's coming into what what could be, you know, talk to Elfie, talk to Chris Phillips, talk to, uh, you know, some other guys, front office guys, right? That we knew who were in that. You speak to them, right? It's like, I can't get out of here fucking fast enough, you know? Um, so hopefully that's not the case with Pierre. So I, I give him marks. But, but Stevie could also be a training ground to end up in one of 30 plus other teams, right? So. Of course, you know, if things go sideways for Pierre Dorian as the GM of the club, the team doesn't do well next year. Well, it's not going to look good on anybody, Dorian or Maguire. Right. So it, it behooves everybody uh, to put their best foot forward. And uh, in all likelihood, in the best case scenario would be that the Sens continue taking steps forwards, forward over the next two, three years. They become contenders. And at right. that stage, well, it's going to be hard to keep Pierre Maguire from um, either ascending to the GM job here or like you just said, ascending to the GM gig somewhere else where there's a vacancy. Right. So this is definitely a good opportunity. If he wants to be a GM in the league, Maguire has found his way in, and uh, we wish him and Pierre can Dorian you, all the best. Can you imagine, Stevie, when uh, guys who aren't quite uh, up to speed on Pierre's uh, scary, scary knowledge of all players, okay? Right. Scary knowledge. Like, he did that show without notes, man. Okay. We never gave him a heads up on anything. He goes, go ahead, throw it at me, throw it at me. And <clears throat> that, you know, and you say, okay, uh, this game wasn't televised last night, Pierre, but Buffalo played Washington. And uh, let me just explain. He goes, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Five, two. Yeah. Great. Metropolitan there gets three goals. Used to be a great roller hockey player. You know, I, I that's the first time I remember doing that. I've talked about that example. And then of course that became the conduit to the Pierre knows everything. Can you imagine when this guy sits down, Stevie, in the first meeting, okay, with scouts and all that? And then a, a guy's going to go, okay, I just need a second here because I need to to talk about this player that I believe we should look at. And the guy, and Pierre's going to go, well, who is it? Yeah, it's uh, it's uh, Han Fritzensheimer uh, oh, from Germany. I love that right? guy. Yeah, 
and Pierre will go, oh yeah, Fritzensheimer. Of course, yeah, his brother's really right. He'll just be yeah. like, I've seen that guy. Yeah, he got a lot of pims. He set the league record there in in, in plus minus. It'll just be, it'll blow them away. You know, it'll. Oh blow yeah, them that, away. and that's that. That's certainly handy, but it's handier for a broadcaster, a guy who's a hockey analyst who's filling airtime and uh, trying to make things interesting. That's handier in that role. When it comes to being a GM. It's, you know, everybody around the draft table is going to be going, well, that's great that you know about Franz Fritzenheimer and all his, you know, the, his marble <laughs> champ. He's a hard guy to forget. Steve. He really <laughs> is. And his marbles championship from 1979. That's great right. that you know that. But what I want to know, Pierre, is, is he a good hockey player? Does he project five years down the road to be someone who can help this core help us win a Stanley Cup? So um, that is an area, I think, where I, I believe Pierre is going to be good but in terms of an NHL track record of success, it still has to be under the category, under the column, the ledger of unproven. Sure, sure. Yeah. So the only thing that bugs me is that Ottawa becomes this training ground for this sort of thing. You know? Um, 100%. You know, whether, like I said, back to the coach, I didn't like it, but uh, people do. And and it's, again, I, you know, Pierre's a friend of mine and a friend of ours, and, and I'm – couldn't be more happy for him that a guy gets a break. I love guys getting a shot, you know, sure. I really do. So, yeah. And it's going to be a training ground. That's sort of what you have to take with the Ottawa senators. If you're a Senator fan, the Ottawa senators under Eugene Melnick, they are to some degree going to be that training ground for both players and coaches. Mm-hmm. When mm-hmm. you look at the coaching situation, a couple of years ago, now it's probably boy, it's five, six years ago. Now Bruce Boudreaux was in the mix and yeah. When he was, the word was he would be asking for about $4 million. And somebody asked Eugene Melnick about that. What about that kind of money for a coach? Melnick's response was, does he walk on water? So he's not interested in paying the price tag of experience. So if you're an Ottawa Senator fan with this club owned by Eugene Melnick, you're always going to get guys that are highly, highly thought of but they're not going to have that track record of success because you got to pay for that track record of success. Right. I, I'm assuming Steve, uh, uh, is Pierre bilingual? Does he do what? French language interviews? Uh, well, Pierre Maguire is bilingual, but I, I don't hear him do any bilingual radio or yeah, TV. Okay. Anyway, not, you know, it might be another, you know, to have a French guy in Ottawa is not, not a bad play. That's another that deal where you, yeah, I th- for sure he'll be able to do that. Although he, I remember you used your fake outline. You know, it's all mon grand chum, right? You'd say that to Pierre and he'd say a little French back to you. So okay. maybe, you're, maybe you're both trying to pull a, the bilingual wool over my eyes. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Uh, yeah, je ne sais pas, Steve, je ne sais pas. Oh, oh that's I good. don't know. You see, I think that means I don't know. <laughs> it does. It does. Okay. Pomplamoose. Okay. Anyway. <laughs> okay, let's Grapefruit take t- juice. Nice. Yeah, nice. Or is it pineapple? I don't know. Uh, no, I think, yeah, I think it's Let's take a time out. We'll look up the uh, yeah, we'll look up the French English dictionary. Because what I'm really thinking of, Steve, is parapoulouy. Umbrella. Yes. <laughs> hey, this is fun. Yeah, Let's do a whole is. show like this. Okay. This is all English kids. Loto. <laughs> yeah. But it, it, it's all about conjugating. That's where most of us English kids just sort of fell off the table as far as our knowledge of French. We could name everything and label everything all day long. Steve, I just say up with the big segue. Loto. Oh, yes. I apologize. Let's take a break here. You want a nice Loto? You want to check out our good friends at Jim K. Ford. See, I picked up what you laid down. Scooped it right up. 
Um, yeah, after my commercial ready here when we do this. Uh, I'm a huge fan, ladies and gentlemen, of the Jim K. Ford Lincoln app. It saves me both time and money, and it will for you as well. Stay up to date on their inventory specials and sales events. Book your service or maintenance appointments. Get roadside service. Even earn money for every referral that leads to a freaking sale. Seriously cool. And just another reason why I'm a Jim K. Ford customer. Download their app today or check out JimKFord.com. A lot of people I talk to end up asking me about what coverages should they have for their house. How much do I need? Why would I want that? Hi, I'm Jared Gerard, All Insurance Ontario. Call or text me at 801-2659. Give me a call. Let's have that talk and we'll make sure that you have the coverages that you want and that you need. All Insurance Ontario, your modern boutique broker. And compared to this time last year, James, the Ottawa residential home market has gone through the roof. And if you're curious to know what your home is worth in a market like this, you should call the Glenn Walton Real Estate Team today, and he will give you a free no-obligation estimate. Glenn is a great guy. Might give him a day, though, because he's still reeling, still licking his wounds from England losing at Euro 2020. Yeah, tough day. Yeah, tough day for him, for sure. Once Glenn comes around and comes to see you in a day or two, You'll be shocked to learn what you could get for your home and what similar homes are going for in this market. So call the Glenn Walton real estate team today at glenwalton.com. So, James, your Edmonton Oilers have picked up a guy who may well one day be a Hall of Famer. I think he will. Duncan Keith. Three Stanley Cup wins with the Chicago Blackhawks. Mm -hmm. And the Oilers acquired him today for Caleb Jones and a third-round draft pick. No salaries retained in the Keith trade to the Oilers. Just Jones and a third back to Chicago, and the 37-year-old Keith has spent his entire career with the Blackhawks after the club selected him in the second round of the 0-2 NHL draft. He's won the Norris Trophy twice, three-time cup champion. He's had 1,192 career regular season games. What do you think? How I old mean, is he, Steve? 37 still. Um, so they, they trade Caleb Jones and a third rounder? Yep. That's it? That is it. When you read his stats, uh, that sounds like a steal for Edmonton. Well, again, not a steal. Two years left on a 13-year, $72 million contract. So not not getting him for free. But uh, And and also, Keith's game has fallen off. He's not the player he was. See, I told you, that's a shitty deal for Edmonton. Terrible (laughs) deal for Edmonton. (laughs) That sounds like a good deal to me. You know, salary aside, whatever. Whatever. Who guy, you know, I stopped worrying about salaries a long time ago. Uh, moving on to close out the show today, do you have any interest in the Major League Baseball All-Star Game or any All-Star Game or Pro Bowl? Because the Home Run Derby went last night. That's kind of interesting to me, but not really. And certainly the All-Star Game. I mean, I hope that I hope people enjoy it, and I don't want to sound like a wet blanket or a killjoy here. I just don't. I have no interest in in tuning in. Fill your boots. I hope you enjoy it, but... That is not for me anymore, just because it was so great when you were a kid, largely because you didn't get much of the action. You only saw occasional games, and you certainly didn't see the other superstars. If I want to see superstars on any given night, I can now find it here in 2021. So watching an exhibition game that means nothing, I have no interest in that. Yeah. Um, You know what the great home run derby is, Steve? You know what they should do uh, for the home run derby, like to, to crown a champion in the home run derby? Mm-hmm. What they should do is just look at the, the regular s- schedule, okay? 
And the guy, okay, under play the regular schedule. And the guy who gets the most home runs that year, Steve, he should be crowned the home run derby guy. It's stupid. Right. Okay. It's, I'll tell you why it's stupid. Because they're just law balls, right? They throw law balls. You know, at least at least the NHL All-Star game, okay? Uh, so the target, the target practicing, okay, is they're pretty tight targets, okay? They're pretty tight targets, okay? It's, it's not really game situation, okay? But they get to rip away at these things, you know, the slap shot thing, right? Do, do it as fast as you can or whatever. Uh, at least it's a little more realistic, you know? Um, they, don't, they don't go into the All-Star game. Okay, the NHL All Star Game. Okay, and put a 15 foot wide sheet of glass by 15 feet high and go. Okay, let's see who can hit it the most times. You know what I mean? They don't, yeah. right? At least they don't do. This is what this derby thing is. It's ridiculous. It's ridiculous. It's just stupid. It's stupid. It's like playing t ball. You know. The other glitch there is with it is this one on one tournament format. So if you and I are in the home run derby. I take on you in fir- in the first round, and if I have more home runs than you, I move on to the second round. By the second round, I don't know. I, I'm not fully sure on the rules, but I think that it's basically a clean slate again, and off you go in the second round. It's like, right to me, it's to me. Do if you want to truly know who the best home run hitter is in these circumstances, then just give everybody fifty pitches or whatever it is, and once you do your one at bat, that's it. What is your total? Okay. And then everybody does that, and at the end, whoever has the most wins. So th- there's a big well, glitch in it when because I think was it we I think it was Vladimir Guerrero last year or the year before, whatever it was. I'm not sure about the COVID such, but he ended up with about a thousand home runs in the first round, and then right. the slate is wiped clean, and he could only come up with you know ten in the next round. Like what happened to all those home runs? It was amazing in the first round. Right. Right. Anyway, right. That's what I think. We're probably sour ass about it, right? People are like, no, no, it's great, right? The kids get to watch it and, and do all that shit, you know. But uh, like I said, the so so it's going to be Otani and Vladdy and uh, maybe the dude from San Diego, right? The guy who's the, they they accused him of stealing signs from the catcher. Uh, Titus, no, he's Titus. not in it. Uh, the first Titus. round matchups are it's Otani versus Soto, Perez versus Alonso, Olson versus Mancini, Gallo versus Story. I guess once you've done it, it's like the, anyway. whole, you know, the the dunk contest. People just sort of do it once, and they're like, "Yeah, I've been there, done that." Yeah, like if you if you wake up in the morning, Steve, after the major league and baseball, I hope I do all star game. Do you go? Uh, yeah, I hope you do too. Um, if you get up and go, get the freaking news on there. Let's see who won that fucking derby. Let's see who won that derby. No, no. Hmm. However, the NHL All Star Game, you might go. Hey, let me look at that thing. Who who had the hardest shot there? Okay, I, I'd be interested in that. Secondly, who was the fastest? You yeah. know what I mean? That, that sort of stuff is, you know, interesting. That you're the you're the best of the all stars, you know, because there's yeah. lots of guys around the league who have hard shots and who are fast skaters who aren't getting anywhere near an all star game. So that's got its right. flaws as well. But what doesn't have a flaw is Tampa Bay championship parades, just like the Tampa Bay Buccaneers and like the Lightning did last year as well, because they've done it twice now. Another boat parade they all stand like i I don't even if you don't have any water in your city or state and you win a championship (laughs) you should go somewhere to another one where they have water and you should be able to do a drunken boat parade to celebrate your title it was great to watch the lightning and they're all wearing t-shirts so we saw kucherov on the weekend he had the 18 million dollars over the cap t-shirt 
Right. And then right. a lot of the guys had that T-shirt at the parade, and a lot of other guys had the T-shirt that read uh, "Number One Bullshit," because that's what Kucherov was going on about. Because Vasilevsky didn't get the Vesna, right. Mark Andre Fleury did, and he says right. "Number One Bullshit," "Number One Bullshit," and that's now become a meme among hockey fans. "Number One Bullshit." Yeah. Well, we've reached the new the, the new ground that we always wanted to, right? That that no one's shying away from the party now, right? I remember in the you know when the Oilers were winning, right? There was like no 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 cameras here, okay? Guys are fucking smashed. Excuse my language. See, I'm swearing a lot. Guys are guys are hammered, okay? Lock the doors, no cameras, okay? All that all back then, right? Now it's like let all the cameras in, okay? What's his name? Just puked. He'll be really quotable. Get him on something, okay? <laughs> <laughs> the other guy can't talk. He just smoked a blunt. You know, get in there. Let's put it all on camera. So it's it's particularly if you're in Tampa Bay, right? Because yeah. of the Tom Brady thing. I saw right. the four or five vids. You got to check them out. They're all good. Right from um, uh, what's his face wearing the, the Conn Smythe, okay, as a helmet. Like Vasilevsky, yeah. That's great. Yeah, the goalie. Uh, and then uh, I think it was Pat Maroon on the boat, and you can hear him. Uh, is he is he called the Big Rig too, like Chris Phillips? Is Pat is, Maroon yes. the Big Rig? He is. Okay, yes. so he's on a boat. He's on a boat, got his shirt off. Right up at the right up at the peak of the boat, Stevie. So one little step sideways, you're done. Okay, you're gonna fall. You're gonna go in the water, and then the boat will run over and end your life. Okay, so no one's stopping them there. He's 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 got something in his hand. Okay, his left hand, and then he's yelling at someone across the water. Give me a Bud Light. <laughs> okay, throw me a Bud Light. So all of a sudden, you see this can come flying through the air, and he's just like whoosh, like a baseball catcher snaps it out of the air. Send me another one. You know. It stops it from hitting a chick in the forehead. It's like, that should be your goalie. Yeah. Anyway, that was one of five or 10 different videos that are out there that are just, they're, they're acceptably hilarious, man. I really, I really think they are. I think it's Well, great. I think it plays to what we talked about in a recent episode of how stoic the NHL interviews are. That's why I love these parades so much because you get to see them all with their hair down, how they interact with each other and their friends and, and they're all hammered and they're just themselves. And it's so refreshing to see them be normal people like we all would be the right. russians are amazing like you know you mentioned vasilevsky with a con smythe trophy over his head like a pylon uh right. kucherov was great at the parade as well any camera that came by and said they were like hey cooch hey cooch over here and he like starts doing a dance for them like that <laughs> just dancing for everybody was great you think about ovechkin he was drunk for three months after the capitals right, won a right, cup right. but we'll end it today with uh, the granddaddy of them all as far as NHL celebrations go at a Stanley Cup parade. It is your good and great friend, Brett Hull, oh, hammered sure. out of his gourd. We went blues. Is anything ever going to beat that? So we'll call it quits right there. And James, have a great evening. We'll talk to you tomorrow. We went Steve. <laughs> Steve. We, you Steve. know what you went? You know what you went? You went booze. That's what you went. You went booze. We went. Because, uh, of course, folks, the whole thing is everyone was saying, let's go blues. Yeah. Right. And so he said, well, that, you know, we've already gone. That was the deal. Anyway, check it out. It's great. Yeah. Well, no, that's idea. what we're closing with today. Good night. Good night. Yeah. <laughs> One more time. Good night, everybody. We'll see you. You can say let's go blues all you want, but you know what? We We already did it! These guys...
So instead of saying, let's go, Blues, we're going to say, we went Blues. Thanks for being with us on the SWP. Please subscribe today or support us on Patreon at stevewproject.com.